listening to episode 73 of Daisy Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Monday, May 30th. Woohoo! Early in the morning. Early. Yes. Early I mean, in early. Quotation marks. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm still blurry. I'm not I'm not feeling the best. So if I like go on mute to have a like a cough, it's um it is Preeti will if Preeti starts like just talking randomly and blabbering, it's because I'm coughing. Yeah. And I'm on mute. <laughs> But that's fine. I'll figure out something to say. Yep. Yep. Um, So there's a lot of news because Celebration, uh, the last day of Star Wars Celebration was yesterday, I believe. Um, But we first we wanted to mention that you have seen the first two episodes of... Ms. Marvel. Yes, yes, I've seen the first two episodes. You like we're going to be obviously covering the show. Um mm-hmm. and hopefully doing a recording sooner rather than later cuz I also have the screeners of the first two episodes and so mm-hmm. we'd like to go ahead and take care of that. Um but obviously we can't say anything plot focused, but mm-hmm. I will say I loved them. I loved basically everything about it. It is the most I think scene I've ever felt. It was mm-hmm. like this wonderful, sweet, nerdy brown girl in Jersey wanting to be a superhero. It's Imani Vellani who is amazing. Yeah, yeah. In the role, everyone is good. Everyone is good. The like stylistic choices they're making are awesome. The kids are all really good. The music is really good. Like I'm so excited for people to see the show. And we're only about a week-ish out. I think it drops next Wednesday, I want to say. The first episode, at least. Um, I don't know if they're doing a release schedule-wise. I don't know if they're doing... I don't know if they're dropping episodes one and two at the same time, or... I wouldn't be surprised, based on a choice they've made, if they want people to get kind of context immediately but i i don't know i can't remember if they've said i will admit i really like it generally well i do not like it when an entire season is released at once because it's too hard to deal with without spoilers and you know you feel pressure to catch up i do like it when they release the first two episodes at once because i feel like you need that in order to even talk about it yeah um like you and i usually wait until episode two to record a podcast about any Mm -hmm. show agreed yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they what they decide to do, whether it's the first episode or the second episode. Um, it's so good, though. I, it's just so heartwarming. And I've, it's only six episodes, which I was a little bummed about, but I get it. Oh, yeah. No, I thought I it was going to be eight. Yeah. Um, but no, it's great. I think people are going to be really really into it. And she's she's going to be a superstar. Like, yeah, I'm glad. just yeah, going to be a I'm superstar. Good. Um, the other big Marvel thing, is, of course, is the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. Yes. And we finally kind of got the story this time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I, I knew Christian Bale was going to be in it because we talked about it, but I kind of forgotten. Same. Completely forgot. So when he showed up, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> I like, that was like my first response, I think, to the trailer. I was like, oh, right. I forgot Christian Bale was in this. Yep. And, like, just the most Christian Bale, I feel like, of course, this is what Christian Bale would be in a Marvel movie. Yep. Right? It feels correct for some reason. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, we get more of Natalie Portman fighting with the broken hammer, which was awesome. Very cool. Right? Um, of course, some jokes because it's Taika. Yes. Thor is continuing his, like, journey of discovery, it seems like. Yeah. And Valkyrie's there, which is great. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice. There's the scene with Zeus, which I was not yeah. interested. I didn't know Russell Crowe was in this movie. Yeah. Um, but Russell Crowe's playing Zeus, and there's the scene, and Thor's clothes get <laughs> whipped Magicked away off. by Zeus. magic off. Um, but there's this, I didn't realize this the first time I saw the trailer, but we get a shot of his back and he's got tattoos on his back. And there's one of Loki's Aww. Uh, helmet thing with horns, the horns. Though. Like, the horns? Oh, that's sweet. Right? I was like, oh. Yeah. Um, overall, though, I thought it looked it looked fun. Of course, There wasn't a ton fun. of Guardians in it in this trailer. No. My guess is, like, they'll be in the beginning of it and then he'll part ways with them. Yeah. You're probably right. Just judging right. from like the structure of Marvel movies in the past. Yeah, you're probably right. You, we, neither one of us has seen Multiverse of Madness, by the way. No, but I think it's supposed to come to streaming. I think in late June, I saw. Really? I think. I wonder if they're putting it out on streaming before Love and Thunder comes out. They're trying to put it out on streaming. That would I be hope awesome. So. I saw June twentieth, but it was one of those like really weird rumor sites that sometimes has gets things right and sometimes doesn't. So. You know, I don't know how much stock you can put in that, but I really hope that's the case because I yeah, would really like to too. see it. Me too. That would be really nice. We keep trying to go to the drive-in and just, it just, the movie starts so late. Yeah. And every time, it gets to like 6 p.m. on the day we decided to go and I'm like, I'm just so tired. Yeah. No. 9 that's p.m. What, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, no. That's what we just like, like. It's just with a toddler, it's impossible. Like, it's just impossible. So, we're just never going to see a movie again. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Done with movies. Right. And, like, uh... I just feel like if I went to a theater, I would be just very conscious of the people sitting right next. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I feel like I'd have to buy like six seats and sit in the middle to feel I know, in that's any way. why. Like, yeah, that's why we're not doing theaters. We're not sitting in theaters. Yep. Still. And so it's just like it's not worth it. I'm like, yeah, like, like a two and a half hour movie, presumably, I'm guessing. Yeah. Starting at 9 p.m. on a weeknight. Uh, in, yeah. Because um, like I did do the Strange New Worlds premiere in a theater, but Vax were, it was Vax required right. to even come. So it's like, okay, that's different. And it was different. a small, relatively yes. small. I mean, it's the, it's the, I was sitting between the like, the the one of the like actors and like the production like the special effects no the director of photography and the special effects person and like the protocol on these sets for like is testing like every day yeah like, you know what I mean like yes. you have to be like fully boosted testing every day like I'm not I was not worried about that situation no whereas just regular mm-hmm. <laughs> in Chester County Pennsylvania I'm not <laughs> yeah okay Not but so um let's talk about uh some of the star wars stuff that got announced there's a lot of it a lot of really cool stuff yeah we're not gonna cover everything because there was so much news announced we're gonna cover basically the things that we're likely gonna cover on the show yeah um 
of course, the biggest one seems to be potentially an answer to a question we've been asking since 2018, which is, where is Ezra? Yeah, so the, um, the... I don't think, I think it was like the Mandalorian panel just kind of turned into the Ahsoka panel Mm -hmm. um, is what happened. But they revealed um, that live action Hera and Chopper, we already knew live action Sabine would be in this show, but a Mm -hmm. live action Hera and Chopper would also be in the show, which, and then they showed the like, suppose they showed like the artwork from the season finale, a series finale of Rebels of the like whole family. So that like kind of implying very heavily that Ezra would show up as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's that we know they're looking for Thrawn, mm-hmm. presumably because Thrawn and Ezra disappeared together. Mm-hmm. Um, I am so excited to finally find out what happened to Ezra Bridger. Yeah. And like, I do have some, as a person who truly believes you shouldn't have to consume every piece of a, yes. of a franchise in order to understand what's going on in it. I do have some mixed feelings about, I do firmly believe that, but also this is exactly what I have wanted for like what? years. So it's like really hard to like, it's really hard, honestly, because like, this is exactly what I wanted. Like Rebels is pretty much my favorite property in the entire Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. These are my favorite characters. And so this is what I want. But I also recognize like Rebels got to a point where it was very hard to watch without and fully understand without having seen Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting basically Rebels part two. And that I do. I am glad they're spinning it off at least into its own show. So hopefully Mando will be more, you know, well, it's interesting thing. because because it's overlapping time and Sabine has been cast with Natasha Lou Bordizo, um, who is Mandalorian. I'm wondering, there's got to be overlap there, right? It's yeah. we, There was a Mando trailer that dropped at a celebration, but they didn't release it. So it was just sort of going off what people are writing about and and sort of like really horrible versions of whatever leaked online um and it seems like more of it will be taking place on mandalore yeah right um and so based on what sabine's story was and her sort of relationship with her mandalorian culture i'm just very curious how those are going to intersect or if they will yep i agree i agree I don't know. I'm excited. I know. I yeah. agree with you I, in terms of like you shouldn't have to watch everything, right? But it's also exactly what you and I both have wanted. So it's really hard to kind of temper our excitement. And like I do get that people are like frustrated and I don't blame people at all because like, yeah, that is hard. But also like if you have if you have watched all this stuff, this is exactly what you want. And so I do think prior to this show airing, maybe we'll do like a Rebels rewatch like we did with Picard. <gasps> yeah like or maybe just like talk about some key episodes like i think i'll probably do a full rebels rewatch because i'm me but like maybe we can talk about like some key episodes mm-hmm. we think people should watch before the before it drops or something. yeah i think that's a good idea because like it, it this is so somewhat of a unique situation right it's these characters that have they all exist within this singular event in this in the property right like Everything exists in the specific era of yeah. Star Wars. And so we'll be impacted by the event that was happening in Star Wars at the time. And so based on what they were doing, they, they have to intersect it to an extent. Yeah. And so it's a it's sort of unique, right? In that in that respect. It's not like something like the MCU necessarily. 
right. where you have all these movies that like sort of a little bit forced interaction. Um, I not in like forced like they're doing it without context, but forced in that it's part. It's it's comics. It's an event, right? Mm-hmm. This feels a little bit different. And honestly, if they were taking place at the same time, there was no overlap. People would be like, "Where where's X?" Exactly. Yes, because it would make sense for those uh, characters to interact based on what they're doing at the time that the thing makes sense or uh, right. happens. And this is the rare case with like Star Wars where they can afford to, you know, they can afford yeah. to tell the story. And so like, I do get it. And I'm not, I don't discount that view, but also like we're going to cover it with enthusiasm because we're really excited. So, but I do get it if you're not and that's okay. I don't think, you know what I mean? Yes. And I'm, I'm. I'm bringing up the the third beat on our on our notes instead of the second one because I'll we'll come back to that. But because mm-hmm. and so Andor premieres August thirty first and they drop the trailer right. for that, which looks awesome. Um, it's but that's another one where it's Cassian Andor's sort of origin story. Yeah. So prior to Rogue One, and it's in a very similar era as, um rebels as the yeah. the original rebels run and so people are wondering if there's going to be overlap there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and especially with the character let's say like harris and doula for example yes. who's easier to over like because of the makeup it's easier to like either recast or someone as younger and like you know what mm-hmm. i mean like it's easier to be a little more flexible with her because she's a twi'lek yes agreed it'll be interesting to see how they they choose to do this because the thing about rebels right is that it was about the building of the rebellion, literally. Like yeah. Rebels is the precursor to Rogue One and sort of the precursor precursor to that actual thing coming together for Rogue One and then for the original trilogy. And so Cassian there was like it was like, wasn't it confirmed that Cassian was Fulcrum at some point? Yes. Right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, I don't know. There's like a lot of potential there and who knows how much necessity in terms of overlap, but I will never be mad at more Diego Luna. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Right? Um, no, I think trailer. I'm really excited for Andor. It looks really good. Right? And like a spycraft. It's like a spycraft yes. series. Like in the Star Wars universe, that's kind of what we want. Different genres, mm-hmm. you know, of series within this larger universe. And so I'm really excited about it. I think it looks really good. Um, but the other big Mando news for season three, I'm going to let you take this one. because <gasps> Guess who's back? Hey, hey. Babu <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, is Babu Frick is going to be Mandalorian season three, and that is very good news. It's so cute. I love him so hey, much. Hey. Um, that's it. That's the only Mando season yeah. three really thing that we're we're talking about. Uh, yeah. Okay. Star and then, Wars um, not that we're not excited about it, but no. just because the footage wasn't shown, like you and I watched, like really bad like shaky hand cam footage but it's like not really fair to talk about in depth when people haven't been able to see it because that's yes. released so and we'll we talk about barely, it when it's released like yeah. barely sort of see what was going on yep um and then um one thing i'm excited about which we probably will not cover in depth but i'm excited about star wars skeleton crew which is like a kid's show like mm-hmm. uh with jude law um animated it the premise is very similar to star trek prodigy but that's okay i'm sure they'll be very distinctive shows 
And then Star Wars Jedi Survivor is the Fallen Order sequel <gasps> we've been waiting for. And I'm really excited about it. And it's a true sequel. It would, there was a lot of questions whether the... there We knew there was a sequel coming. There were a lot of questions whether it would um, be a true sequel to Fallen Order or well, just a new story set in like the Star Wars mm-hmm. universe about another young Jedi. But no, this will continue the story of Cal Kestis. So I'm really excited. And BD-1. Yes. <laughs> yes. We can't, Let's not forget trailer- who's really important. <laughs> The trailer doesn't give a ton in terms of story. Yeah. Like the biggest thing is Cal is standing in front of a, a Bacta tank and there's somebody inside of it. So like I we really don't know what it's gonna be about. Yeah. Right? It's it looks I'm very based on what they did with that first game, which was such a delight and so enjoyable to play. My only hope for this one is that it's longer. Yes, I agree. And I think that was a criticism a lot of people had. That wasn't just you and I. And so I think, um, I hope I hope it will be a little more in depth. Um, yes. And then I, usually we would save like big news towards like what we're doing <laughs> to talk about. But I, I, I use my like executive like privilege as like, you know, the co-host of Do, this podcast. This doesn't need, hold on, hold on. This doesn't need a qualifier because- it doesn't matter who is associated with this show. Like, we would discuss it at the top. Yes. And so yes. no quali- – I want you to edit the qualifier out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been teasing some big news on here for, like, a couple of months now, I think. And finally, it dropped last week. I am the new host of a show on PBS's YouTube channel called Far Out and Explores the Next – 50 years in science and technology. First episode dropped on Thursday. It's on aging. We'll have 24 episodes in this first season, um, releasing every three weeks on Thursdays. I really hope you watch it. Um, We'll put a link in the show notes, of course. And if you like it, please like, subscribe, you know, do all those things because uh, I would really like a second season because I'm really enjoying this and it's such a delightful process. And yeah, like, so I'm co-writing and hosting all the episodes. So it is a, if I sound tired, that is why Um, I am traveling to film um, once a month right now. Hopefully that'll go down to once every two months. But yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, I'm learning a lot. It's my first kind of, this is also why I joined TikTok. If you're, everybody's wondering why, like I (laughs) decided to join TikTok in November, December, it was December. It was because I was like, oh, I need to get comfortable with myself on camera really fast. And I was like, that's, podcasting is how I got a little more comfortable with my voice and so um yeah that's why I did it but yeah no I'm really excited how are you I'm just gonna ask a bunch of questions how I I watched the first episode obviously and I loved it because it is something I was struck by was sort of how measured of a take it was like it truly felt very science forward in the sense of like you're presenting so many sides to the issue and backing it up with experts and what was interesting to me, though, was two two things is the way sort of like pop culture was integrated in a really mm-hmm. fun way mm-hmm. um, and the number of questions, not just empirical, scientific, but philosophical yes. questions you were able to ask. So when you guys are prepping for an episode – how do you sort of uh, come at it? Is it like a big brainstorm room or do you like, how does that work? So that's actually, I'm really glad you picked up on that because what we want to do is like, we do want to pose those questions and we we don't want to really answer them and we don't want to moralize. 
But we also don't want to pretend like mm-hmm. questions of like of unfair representation or unfair, you know, the inequities, like, you know, the wealthy having access to things. This is not this this is these aren't these we don't want to act like those are like um there's philosophical questions and then there's the current trend of these kinds of inequities and like marginalized backgrounds being treated like shit and like that's but that's becoming a thing where like oh but that's you know opinion opinion. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so we wanted to draw the line where we are going to talk about a lot of inequities like one of the upcoming episodes is cannabis and we do go in on the people who have um been affected by the war on drugs are disproportionately people of color we do go hard in on that because that's a fact and you know, that's something we need to talk about if we're going to talk about these larger issues. So I'm really, so yeah, so we do want to talk about that a lot going into it. So we've done, we filmed three episodes now and it's honestly just like me and um, we're going to have two researchers right now. We have one. Um, It's me and the researcher kind of going through and like highlighting, like, what are the what are the questions we want to ask? What are the questions we are able to answer? Mm-hmm. And um, what do we, what, you know, and it's, oh, they're only like eight to 10 minute episodes. So, so much gets cut. I'm sure that's really hard when you're like, oh, but that really cool It thing. is. It is. There's some stuff that's <laughs> really good that ends up getting cut. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> there should be like a for subscribers like a second tier that's like right i know you want a 16 minute version of this oh my god it should because like (laughs) so much good stuff gets cut the pop culture stuff too um that is something that like i part of the reason i think um i was an attractive candidate i think there's a lot of reasons i don't want to downplay like oh i think the only reason i don't think that's Mm -hmm. the case but like they do want a lot. They did want a lot of pop culture references. So I think my like mix of pop culture and science experience was really like a thing that sold me as a really good fit for this. What is an episode that you're really looking forward to people seeing? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I can only talk about the ones that are announced. I'm really looking forward to, we're breaking down four and five right now and I'm really excited about it, but I'm actually very excited for people to see the cannabis episode. It's episode three mm-hmm. um, because I don't know a lot about it and I learned a lot of science and a lot of the things I thought I knew were not actually huh. true. And so, um, yeah. And like one of the things we talk about, we meant we talk about very lightly um, is, you know, just like the science of the plant and it's actually a really really cool plant and I knew that because I'd been told that but I didn't understand why and I'm hoping people will watch it and come away with like oh that is that is you know a really really interesting plant that's awesome I was we were texting about it and I after I watched the first episode and I was saying how something I really enjoyed about it is it felt very much like a natural progression for those of us who like grew up in the 80s and 90s and grew up watching, you know, like Schoolhouse Rock or like the 321 Contact or like Bill Nye the Science Guy where it's this yep. really fun combination of like backed up information but presented in a fun, graphically pleasing sort of exciting way and and you were saying how that was very intentional. Yes, the art is, um, we have like a artist and an animator. And um, yeah, we, 
the look of the series is very, very specific and very intentional. We wanted to do a lot of, we wanted it to be visually fun on screen. And um, yeah, it was, it's very intentional in terms of drawing in these audiences that kind of grew up. So one of the, another reason I'm excited about the cannabis episode is because like, it kind of makes clear that this is a show for adults while the content is very appropriate for kids. And if something is going to be not appropriate for kids, you will know from the episode topic, it won't be like watching an episode and like, oh no, you know, there's something that's not appropriate. Like cannabis is one that people are going to choose or not choose whether to let their kids watch, but it is a show for adults. And so it's kind of the audience I am appealing to is the audience that grew up with me on PBS. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it is intentional. Um, All right. Last question and it's an easy one (laughs) what days do episodes drop yes um it is every thursday every three weeks so the next one should be two weeks from thursday what is the url people should go to or the user people should go to to subscribe it's PBS Terra, T-E-R-R-A. Um, and if you follow me on YouTube, I have a playlist. I'm going to have a play. I do have a playlist of the episodes in my playlists. But you can also just go to PBS Terra's YouTube channel and um, we will put a link to the to it in the show notes. But yes. Awesome. I'm so like proud of you. Like and subscribe on YouTube, please. It's so good. It's Thank so you. Good. I'm really excited about it. We've been working really like hard and it's been incredibly intense because like, yeah, putting on an episode over three weeks is a lot. And mm-hmm. so I'm still adjusting to kind of the workflow and the work schedule. Um, I will say that if you are listening, it's a prime opportunity to get some great Swapna gifts. <laughs> oh my God. Preeti and Eric, our friend, we had this group <laughs> chat just like the day it came out, the number of like images and gifts I got of myself. <laughs> Lots of lots of great reaction faces, I think, are going to be used as a result of that show. Yay! <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm fine with being, being a guest. Um, all right. Let's talk about Obi-Wan. I know. I realize we didn't say what this episode was about oh, at the yeah. top of the show, but like whatever. Well, Obi-Wan the Kenobi. Title. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Um, so as a person who had uh, a Ewan McGregor website, Sumna. Yes. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay. So uh, he, uh, he is very, very, still very pretty, Um, but I do appreciate that they have like intentionally aged him. They are trying to bridge the gap between him yes. and Ali Guinness, like even more um, than they did in episode three. And, you know, he does look weathered and yes. he does look, I oh. did appreciate <laughs> He's them giving, in a cave. I know, like I did appreciate them giving us like kind of the, beaten down like he's beaten down without it's not like pathetic it's not like you like cringe watching it it's just he is this like guy who only has one thing left to live for and Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean like it's it's and that's like making sure Luke is safe and like it is like sad so let's let's set the scene a little bit so this takes place about 10 years ish yes I think um, it I think the um I think the because I think it's 10, exactly right? 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, the, the show opens with an extremely emotional recap where uh-huh. we 
it's clearly focusing on the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah. And just, I, I really sort of, and I think we've talked about this on the show before, appreciate the resurgence of what worked really well within the prequels, which mm-hmm. were those sort of like relationship beats. And, mm-hmm. you know, you and screaming at the end of Revenge of the Sith, like you were my brother, I loved you, is like super heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it opens with this sort of, so we know what the context of the show is. Yeah. And then it's Obi-Wan on Tatooine keeping an eye on Luke. Yeah, and just like living his life. And living his life. He works in like a a meat processing processing factory where no one wears gloves. It's very disconcerting. Um, But it's very much like there's no Obi-Wan for workers' rights here. Like he is there to keep his head down. It's a little reminiscent of Rey. Yes, it is. Right? It is. Yep, yep. Like incredibly reminiscent of Rey in um, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, yeah. It is. When she's working on that, what is the name of that planet? I don't remember that other uh, Jakku. planet. Jakku. Jakku. When she's working on Jakku, she like does her stuff, goes back to her little like makeshift the, I, the, I believe that especially the scene where he goes out and sits and eats yes. is very intentional deliberately like, mirroring those two 100% which I'm like what is that what are we picking up from that right what are we mm-hmm. picking up from that very deliberate relationship like visual relationship because it's he does his little food thing there's a little bit of an effect mm-hmm. yep like same with the bread and then he goes and he sits outside on a ledge and he eats his his dinner his food yeah um yeah i don't really know what to i don't know what to make of it i don't know what connection they're trying to if it's just if it's just an artistic connection or there's some kind of we're supposed you know so specific yep Mm -hmm. right i agree so specific and so deliberate um but you're like what is what does it mean yeah i don't know i i do agree that it is specific it is very deliberate and i don't feel like they do things in star wars like that just for you know fun so I, I i think maybe jury's out on that one and um we we did skip over the opening is actually with the inquisitors right mm-hmm. uh where well the opening is they redo a uh they they basically give us a new perspective of the attack on the jedi temple oh god i blocked it out which was, it was yeah so... it's very difficult given like everything it should have every... it needed a Quantum like, warning, yeah. Yeah, my sister said right when it started, she's like, I wish this had, like, a, a content warning. Yeah, um, and it was a br- it's a brutal, it's, ba- it's just a brutal scene, um, and I, I don't think we need to really go through it, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, and then you five, discover. what, five younglings who were. Five like- younglings that escape, and we catch, kind of, catch up with one of them who is hiding out on Tatooine, mm-hmm. um, and the Inquisitor's are looking for that Jedi. Yeah, and they, like, come into this bar, restaurant mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and it's, like, everyone... It, we immediately see there is a fracturing in these in this group. It's it's the third sister, Moses Ingram, Reva, who will be playing a main villain, uh, Rupert Friend as the Grand Inquisitor, and um, Sun Kang as the fifth brother. Mm-hmm. And we can see that... Moses Ingram, the third sister, is meant to be a little bit too aggressive mm-hmm. in this immediate scene when they're going after this yeah. secret Jedi. 
Yeah. And um, the Grand Inquisitor, they basically, they root out the Jedi, but the Jedi escapes. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of interesting, um, relate like, there's a lot of interesting, like, step, build, relationship building between the Inquisitors. And like, it feels like the Grand Inquisitors on one side, Reva's on the other, and Sun King, the fifth brother's kind of in between. But we don't really understand anything. I don't know. This is, I like, it's hard to talk about the Inquisitors because there's not a lot of motivation. I don't understand why they're acting the way they're acting, I guess. Yeah. Um, Not in terms of, I understand why they're hunting Jedi, obviously, but like in terms of their personal motivations, why does Mm -hmm. the Grand Inquisitor want to use a lighter touch? Like, I don't think that's really ever, like, I, I just, I, yeah, and why is um like Riva so aggressive There's, about I, I agree with you. I think I know that there's stuff been done in the comics to set some of that mm-hmm. Inquisitor stuff up, but like neither I haven't read in years. Yeah. And I vaguely remember something happening in one of the Vader comics where he sort of presents it and these aren't inquisitors, I don't believe, but they're people who are working for him, or maybe they do eventually become inquisitors. I can't remember, but it's very much as a like to please me sort of situation, and to like be the winner for me. And so the goal mm-hmm. is to be the most beneficial you can to Darth Vader. Yeah, and we see a little bit of that come out from Riva's character over the course of two episodes, but I think it needed more. Yeah, or I hope they explore the backstory there a little more, something, because, like, there's something, that's the one part of it where I'm like, I don't quite get what we're working with here. Yes, I agree. I I think, overall, we both really enjoyed both episodes, and there was a lot that worked really, really well. Yeah. But the one thread that needs more is Reva's thread. Like, there was... The way there's a lot of potential there. Moses Ingram is really commanding, I think, on screen. Like the yes. way she is inhabiting the character. But and we'll we'll I think we just do this at the top and then and then Yeah, no, I agree. Right? That's why I kinda wanna bring it up now. Let's talk about it and then get it out of the way so we can like squee there, about the rest of it. There's like the bit in episode two where she's chasing Obi-Wan all over um, that shitty the rooftops. Yeah. That shitty planet on the rooftops. And it's like five minutes of like parkour and yeah. then very little like they could have used that time to build to what could have been a really cool reveal, you know, when yeah. she kills the Grand Inquisitor is an awesome moment. But I was yeah. like, I don't understand. If Obi-Wan is so important to her, why is she wasting time here? Does Isn't she it have more some, important like, to catch Obi-Wan? My question is, like, does she know something that, like, the Grand Inquisitor doesn't? Right. Like, the information I, she reveals at the end, which we'll get to, like, I just... I don't understand. Yeah, and isn't the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels after this? So... Yeah, I was a little... I don't know. Like, there's a lot I don't understand, and I think some of it is deliberate, and so I'm willing to, like, wait. It's just there's... there Maybe it's a different Grand Inquisitor. That could just be a tight title, obviously. Um, so, who it looks knows? exactly the same. I know. Same, same... <laughs> maybe, maybe the, maybe the face paint comes with the, comes with the title. I don't know. I, I don't know. It was just a little, like, I feel like her... She was great. 
with what we got, but I wanted yes. more of the I wanted more understanding of who she was. Yeah. And I, I don't agree. know that we got that. Like, I feel like they yeah. didn't spend enough time. Like, I get it. She came from nothing. I get it. There's some kind of, like, frustration there. But it's so out of line with everything else we know of the Inquisitors. It was just mm-hmm. hard. Because, like you said, we never get motivation. Yeah. The only time I think we've actually seen motivation is in um, Fallen Order. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that's the the only time we've seen it. And... There we see, like, we know that Jedi are tortured and pushed over to that side. Yeah. Obi-Wan presents it as a choice, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of potential there, and I think both of us just want more. I, I want to see more of the character, and I want to understand more of where she's coming from and what her background is. And hopefully we'll get that, because, you know, yes. she is a major character in this. Um, but so let's talk about the... Um, the uh let, let first let's talk about um basically the thing that I don't think either of us expected was ba- the, the 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 story here is Leia yes which, which I I know I mean I don't think it, I mean obviously I think that was intentional no one had any like I don't think I think that was a surprise for everybody that you know I don't I didn't know Jimmy Smith was in this mm-hmm. like I don't think any, I mean and nobody knew it's not like Lucasfilm didn't tell me personally um like but you know what I mean like we didn't know yes dear Swapnick this is a list of everybody who's in every Star Wars thing we're putting out um but oh my god what a nice what a just a fucking great premise like oh my god and it's it's believable it doesn't feel shoehorned into to create a new narrative for this character like it is 100 especially the way like bill organa talks to him like she is just as important like oh my god okay so let's start with um no go ahead well so it's so funny because i think when we were thinking about what this show could be Mm-hmm. It was hard to contextualize it because we were like, we know the biggest points in Obi-Wan's life, mm-hmm. obviously Luke, but also Darth Maul was a big thing. Like there are these like mm-hmm. major story points, right, for, for Obi-Wan. And so many of them are taken care of in Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the Twin Sons of Tatooine episode of Rebels is incredible Mm -hmm. and it is sort of our glimpse at obi-wan while he's watching over luke it was like one of the few that we got and so it didn't feel like that was something they necessarily needed to go into Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. this show right right exactly and And it's just like are they just we know how that ends are they gonna and not that we don't know how this one ends obviously but we know that story we know right know a lot of that story so like we don't need it but then you think about the original trilogy and who is it that sends luke to Mm obi-wan it's leia leia has this deep relationship with this person whether it's one that she grew up with or whatever she is the one who knows who Obi-Wan is and knows his potential um his potential as somebody who could help them yeah. in this new fight. And so mm-hmm. of course, of course, of yeah. course this would involve Baby Leia who is played by Vivian Lyra Blair and is absolutely exquisite. And it 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 and I, I do want to get back to that because you are absolutely right, but it puts a new 
it puts a new perspective in R2's programming where she knows, yes. maybe she, does she know Luke is on Tatooine? Like, does she know, like, she doesn't know Luke is her brother, obviously, but she knows Obi-Wan is on Tatooine. Maybe she knows Obi-Wan's on Tatooine watching somebody. And maybe she's like, okay, if you can't find him, R2, find the Skywalker. You know what I mean? Well, it, it gives context in the terms of why she would go. I don't know what she, because she doesn't know. She 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 knows his name is Ben, right? He introduces yeah. himself as Ben. She doesn't know that he's Obi-Wan yet. Yeah. But she, based on what we've seen of the way this little Leia is written, she picks up so much more. She picks up so much and she's going to ask questions. And she's going to ask questions. And, and it's, it was really wonderful to see sort of like the, the, I, we're bouncing all over the place, sorry, but like the the show is is really great, and so basically Leia's been kidnapped by uh-huh. Flea from the Red Hot Chili. By Peppers. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I was like, there's a Red Hot Chili Pepper in Star Wars. It was amazing. It was this moment where I was like, that's Flea, and my sister yeah. was like, no, it's not. I was like, no, that's, that's Flea. Flea. Yeah. Um, but she's kidnapped, and so Bale reaches out to Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan at this point is, like, head down, do his shit. Like, he is not getting involved. He hasn't. Yes. He he had an encounter, right? I think, right before his conversation with Bale with the young Jedi mm-hmm. where he's, like, the young Jedi's looking for help, and Obi-Wan's like, I can't help you. Bury your lightsaber and, like, live with your head down. Like, that's all the advice I can give you. Like, and, it, and it's a very sad moment. It's very sad. It's very similar to Kanan in the Kanan and Hera novel, which, of mm-hmm. course, I should have written down the name, but I didn't. A New Dawn. Thank you. A New Dawn, uh, where Kanan is, you know, same thing, working in some kind of factory, damping down the, like, force spark inside of him, like, just trying Cal to live too. Like, Cal- yes. It's it's a very it's a similar story like it's one that we've come to see from other Jedi but you would never anticipate it from Obi Wan Kenobi right right like even though we see him in A New Hope in this way you imagine the Je- he's like possibly the last Je- you know the last two last Jedi Master Yoda and Obi Wan and they you know they're not trying to join the fight they're not you know they just go they broke and- it but they don't want to fix it I know. <laughs> And they, but they think their best hope is to like you know protect these kids mm-hmm. or protect this kid this in Obi Wan's case because Bale asks for help and Obi Wan says no, and then yeah. Bale straight up shows up in his cave. Well, and, and is- then and then I, it's right. No, it's before that. Um, Obi Wan sees that the Inquisitor's caught up to the young oh, Jedi yes. and he's dead, and, and that is dead. a really hard and like that's and then he has a encounter with. Joel Edgerton too. Let's talk yes. about that. Um, bef- like, sorry, we are jumping all over the place. We are jumping it's all over the so place. So much happened, um, and their relationship is very antagonistic. And Obi Wan's like trying to get like parts for like a like a model like spaceship to like to make Luke think about what's out more, what's out there, mm-hmm. and what's like. I think it's the spaceship that he gives him is the one that he's playing with in um, like a New Hope. Yeah, and like I know it's it's, it's interesting to see sort of the attempt of uh that Jedi interference still mm-hmm. there, like that instinct mm-hmm. of like still wanting to shape this kid and Uncle Owen is obviously like not having it that having it. That's that 
the line from the trailer that I think cut deep for a lot of people, right? Where he's like... Like you trained his father. Like, yeah, like you trained his father. Because everyone's like, I'm going to have to train him eventually. And and Owen is just like not here for it. And there's a very yeah. tense standoff between the citizens in Tatooine and Riva and mm-hmm. the, the fifth brother when they they know she is hunting Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. specifically. The rest of them are looking for whatever Jedi is hiding on Tatooine, but Reva is looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, like there's a line the Grand Inquisitor says where he's like, we're looking for scraps. That's all that's left. And she is absolutely convinced that Obi-Wan is, Obi-Wan's like her white whale. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what's happening, right? And so she is, she cuts some woman's hand off like, this is where we want more context, I think, for why yeah. she acts the way she does and why yeah. the fifth brother acts the way he does. Um, why is she so convinced that Obi-Wan's alive beyond – and we'll, well, we'll get to that at the end. There's there's a little context maybe with what she says at the end, but – But we need we need more. But a um, more, yeah. she notices uh, uh, Owen and basically is like, if everybody wants – if. I will kill this man and his entire family if you don't give up the Jedi, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the only reason she stopped is by her own forces. Yeah. And do you wonder, like, Obi-Wan's hanging out back there. He's listening to all of this, but he's, like, not making a move to act, really. No. And you wonder, would he have stepped in? You know what I mean? If Yeah. Like, he would have gone and saved Luke, sure. But, like, you he know what has, I mean? Like, he, he is just a... This is action, right? This is an Obi-Wan who is living in inaction because he feels it's part of a greater cause. Yeah. And because he feels so much responsibility for what came before. Mm, Yes. As, uh, which is, I actually. As a Jedi, like as a Jedi master on the council, like, Mm -hmm. I think he feels a lot of responsibility and it's going to get, it's about to get a lot worse with, you know, what happens at the end of episode two. Well, like I but want, so, I want more of that actually, that, that yeah. beat of his sort of like the responsibility he feels, mm-hmm. because I think we see a lot of frustration and guilt from Obi-Wan in terms of having to distance himself and having to like sort of disconnect from the larger story because mm-hmm. he's so focused on Luke. Mm-hmm. I don't think we see enough of him acknowledging his sort of like role in everything. Yes, yes. Right? Like he still feels like he feels very righteous in what he's doing. Yeah. Um, which is um, why then that scene with Bale works so well, I think. But like, yeah, and Bale shows up in his cave literally and is like, you've got to go get her. You're the only one who can. Well, he and she's says, just as important. That's the line, right? Yeah. Where yeah. – Obi-Wan is like, I can't go anywhere. I have to watch Luke. I have to take care of this boy. And Bale is like, she matters too. She is also important. Yeah. And it's very funny to me that Obi-Wan did not internalize that lesson. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> Clearly. Um, but so he goes. He goes. He gets his, he goes and he digs up his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Out and, of the oh, middle and, of the and desert. Anakin's as well. And Anakin's as well. Oh my god, this show's and gonna be so hard to watch. I know. And <laughs> they um he goes out on um he goes he gets on the ship, he goes to Yeah, there's a, there's some like very funny like uh transportation things that we've seen yeah. a little bit of it in Mandalorian, but like Obi-Wan's just like walking around with this lightsaber on his hip under a cloak. I know. 
I know. It's like, Bud. Mm. <laughs> buddy. But he manages to track her down with the help of Kamal Nanjiani. This was a very great scene, actually, because I think yeah. we were all like, who is Kumail playing? Like, what's yeah. going on? Uh, he gets, like, Obi-Wan gets to this thing because Leia, who, so baby Leia, who is, like, 10. So good. So good. She's, she's so, And, you so, know, so like, good. I am notorious for not liking stuff with kids. And so when I saw baby Leia, I was like, oh, no, am I going to be annoyed? And I was not annoyed at all. Like, even, like, the slightest. We can see the line from this Leia to Claudia Gray's Leia to A New Hope Leia to the sequel trilogy Leia. Like, there is mm-hmm. – we can see who this person is. She is sort of wise beyond her years, but in a very kid way. That scene where she, like, cuts her cousin down for yes. being a little shit. Amazing. Yeah. Like, just this tiny little girl. Like, just so good. But so she's – Kidnapped by Flea. And we find out that it's a plot with the third sister to get Obi-Wan because she has picked up on this connection between Organa and Obi-Wan while hunting through the archives. Right. Which, again, I wish we had seen that. Yes. Like. (sighs) That's what we need. Yeah. And I feel think i think can we can we jump to the reveal at the end because we keep talking about it but um so no okay so darth vader as far as i know with what i've consumed of the expanded universe the um you know updated one which is a decent amount but not everything um vader is very very cagey about with about the fact that he's anakin skywalker he does not tell people that he was anakin so the question now becomes is Reva, his trusted, like, super trusted apprentice who is, um, is like he has confided who he is and, you know, she was able to kind of put the pieces or, you know, confided that he thinks Obi-Wan Kenobi is alive. Like, has he sent, like, is that her motivation? Mm -hmm. Is she, like, doing this on behalf of, like, Vader, who's her master? Like, did she figure out that information on her own? Like, digging through the archives? Like, figuring out, like, like... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> just, just, just because like I need, like I need more information here on what her motivations are, how she figured this out. Like did Vader tell her? Cause that's a big deal. Right. If he I did, he doesn't that. tell people that like, like, like and there's it, a, it, like Ahsoka knows, right? Ahsoka knows. Ahsoka knows because, because that, she confronted him. Like exactly. So that's big information. Yeah, and so now now Obi-Wan, who has this whole time, like, been living with the guilt of Anakin's fall and his death, is now having to live with something entirely, is now having, that that guilt has transformed to something entirely different. Mm -hmm. Because it would have been, he, he, the the recap is very clear, he left Anakin there Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. found, right? Mm -hmm. But... If you put it in the context of, like, I agree with you. I think we need to know how Riva knows this. Yeah. And is that part of the reason she has this sort of, like, uh, urgent need yes. to get to Obi-Wan? And yes. what that context is because there's not – because I think this is where I'm struggling. Yeah. The reveal for Ahsoka – Ahsoka and, and – And Obi-Wan, aside from Padme, are arguably the two most important people in Anakin's life, right? Yes. Ahsoka's 
moment of revelation around Anakin and Darth Vader is super intense. Some of the Mm -hmm. best Rebels episodes that exist. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're given, it's given weight. Yes. Right? Here, we have this person we've never met before who has this information and she is being used as the one to give the information to Obi-Wan. Yes. And because- And we don't understand how that, she has that information. We don't understand what she is doing with that information. We don't understand anything about her yet. And so it's- It it puts a, a- strain a little bit on the revelation in a way that I'm finding to be somewhat frustrating. Yeah. And it puts a strain on the character too. Like in terms of this is going to sound very weird when I say this but I don't feel like she is developed enough to hold that information and be the person revealing that information. I agree with you. I need to understand more. And maybe that's coming and maybe it's just a storytelling like device to like make it clear that by that revelation, make it clear she is someone important that we should be paying attention to and then go back and tell her a story. Like it's very possible, but I don't know that that's going to happen. I kind of wish they had pulled back on some of the, like use some of her more like uh, action oriented scenes to give us more information about her. I feel like it was a little bit of a wasted opportunity Mm -hmm. um, for that character because like imagine if we we, if we understood better the relationship between her and Darth Vader I think that that bomb drop would have been it would have hit all the harder yeah I agree right um but it is I will say Ewan's face is very similar, I think, to Ahsoka's face mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in that, like, just heartbreaking yes. moment. Oh, it's so good. I know it is. And that does bring up the question, too, of, like, Ahsoka still thinks Anakin's dead, right? Does she ever find out he lived? She must. Yeah, she 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 did. Does she? she- she knows Yoda's alive. She? I don't think she, the thing, that's the thing. I don't think she knows because she knows Yoda's alive. But like, I don't think she knows. No, she knows. She knows. Because she? she knows Luke. Okay. She knows. Well, she knows like later. I mean, like in this period when she oh, is in like in despair and build, trying to build, help well, build up the rebellion. If this is, this is what's hard is like, we don't yeah. know where this takes place in conjunction with where Rebels is. Yeah, because the problem with Rebels is they don't give us a specific time for when Rebels happens, but I assume Rebels, this Twin Suns takes place after this just because of the color of Obi-Wan's hair. Yes, Twin Suns would be after this. And um, Ahsoka's uh, confrontation with Vader happens just before the end of the season before that. Yeah. And so cuz that's Darth Maul. Oh my god. This is what's I know. this is what this is what's this, this is, is what's hard. Somebody This is what's hard. Anyways, but. anyways, okay, going back to it. <laughs> going back um, to Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, we it's... have so so Obi-Wan goes and and uses Kumail who mm-hmm. is pretending to be a Jedi. 
Uh, using magnets. Using magnets, which was a wonderful scene. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that scene. Yes. Um, he there's like some heavy handed like spice drug stuff. Yeah. That happens and like apparently he, the girl who tries to give Ewan spice is actually his real life daughter. Aww. Yeah, I thought that was cute. nice. Yeah, it's nice. Um, he so he like goes to Kumail, gets Kumail to shadily help him. He was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I totally am not going to betray you. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, and so he finds he, – he's he's clearly out of practice with a lot of this. Like, we can yeah. see him. He's, like, he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Like, yeah, he he's, is not – and I don't know if he's cut off his relationship to the Force. Well, And so, that's why, like, he can't sense the blows coming or he's just really out of practice with hand-to-hand combat well, or that, both. that one fight was actually really good, I thought. Like, the one in the hallway when he's going to find um, – when he figures out where Leia is and he, like, goes to get her, there's this, like, little mini fight in a hallway between mm-hmm. two thugs. And it's a great moment. Like, that flippy circle thing he does yeah. in the midst of yeah. it. Like, there's a beat at the top where they get him. And yeah. then it, like, comes back on immediately, mm-hmm. right? And so he, like, goes to the room. It's a trap. But mm-hmm. he has that spice in his pocket. So he's able to get away with Leia before the third sister shows up. Um and then the Inquisitors show up and it turns into this like big chase scene because Reva mm-hmm. goes against the Grand Inquisitor and puts out basically puts out a, a huge bounty on Obi-Wan's head with every bounty hunter who is in this like seedy town. Mm-hmm. And Leia is of course Leia is like, I don't know you. You said you're my dad's on you. You say you're a Jedi, but like you're not doing anything that seems Jedi-like. Like And then like and then her realizing that Leia her realizing like they put out a bounty on you to they they kidnapped me to get to you. Yes, that was a great moment, right? That was a great moment. Like it's a great like uh moment of realization for the kid. And just and very smart, like very, very sharp very on smart. her part. Like there's a moment where Obi-Wan says, like, you seem older than <laughs> however old you are or whatever. And she does, but then they're they they pair her ability to read situations well with an immaturity, right? Mm-hmm. Because she just takes off. Yeah. In the sound. And she has this like childlike wonder where she's like picking at things and wants things. And it's a really interesting uh, and smart way, I thought, to present this person who has the sense, but maybe not the maturity that she needs to go along with it. Um, mm-hmm. And so Obi-Wan's like chasing her and he's being chased by like the raptor from Jurassic Park. Like, yep. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and he's having to like shoot blasters and fight, and he has not used his lightsaber at all. Yes, and like you haven't really like you haven't really seen him use the force at all. No, and you, we get to do that in a very cool dramatic scene where Leia tries to jump buildings and yes. misses, and, and she's we, falling. <laughs> we know it's coming because at some point earlier she was like, "Make me float," and he's yeah. like, "No." <laughs> And it's an incredibly difficult thing for him to do, right? When yeah. she's falling, we see him struggling. And it's like he clearly has – and it. this is what really made me think of Kanan. Because in A New Dawn, we see Kanan going through – we see the narrative and the internalization of what Kanan's going through, trying to access mm-hmm. the Force again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just really, really smart, I thought, how mm-hmm. they how they handled it. And, and sad. Yeah, I think. I think – the process of like reconnecting to the force is not easy. Like this does not mm-hmm. come easily to him. Um, but he saves her and then she like realizes that like, oh, he is a Jedi. He's been telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll go with him. 
And then we get this final sort of uh, confrontation because Kamel runs up. We see that there are still people who care about the Jedi. He basically offers himself up as a distraction. um, And gives them away off the planet. mm Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to see sort of like the context of what the Jedi exist as mm-hmm. uh, outside of being hunted, outside of what like rumor. There are people who were – we're only 10 years out from the fall of the Jedi. There are people yeah. whose lives were clearly still impacted by what the Jedi did in positive ways as well as negative. And so Haja is like, I'm, I'm going to pretend to be – I'm going to pretend to be the Jedi. And he confronts the third sister. Which, which I'm like, like, this is a bad idea. I was like, but... oh, so Camille's going to die right now. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't, I don't no. think. No, he does um, not. But she, so- she basically ex- is able to force extract the information yeah. on where, you, where Obi-Wan and Leia are going. Well, she doesn't really care about Leia. But where but, Obi-Wan yeah. is going – which if you could, if it, this was also interesting to me because she gets it out from him very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't help but think of Kylo Ren trying to torture Poe and how mm-hmm. difficult it was for him and how mm-hmm. uh, he was just not not as good at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that was kind of nice to see like, no, this is what it can be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what somebody who is trained to do this exactly can do so, versus just using the brute strength of the force which is what you think what kylo ren was probably doing yes like the surgical precision of like mm-hmm. it's like maybe she's not as strong in the force as he was but she knows how to use it yes yes uh and it's a it's a great moment given the context of that right for reva's character and mm-hmm. so she goes after him this is and where the, the inquisitor stops her Yes. Grand Inquisitor. Uh, I do want to, just a quick aside to be like, Rupert Friend is great. Yeah. He has big Palpatine uh, energy coming out of that accent, which was very funny to me. Very good. Uh, But great. And so she, he stops her and is like, I'm going to get him. I will take credit for this. Uh, And she kills him. Yeah. Which, that was another beat where I was like, would he, knowing what we know of the Grand Inquisitor and how terrifying he is mm-hmm. and rebels, this was another moment where I was like, I needed more from this. I needed yes, more from this I agree. Like, confrontation between them. Yeah. I felt very cheated. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because I, right? Yeah, no, I agree. And like, I just need some, I just need some motive. I feel like she has really strong motivation. Just tell us what it is. Right? Like, you know what I mean? Agreed. Agreed. She uh, is well, she is like her eye on the prize. Like she knows what she wants and she's going after it, but we don't understand why. Why? And so and she, like, she is really and the thing that like really makes it extra frustrating is the actress Moses Ingram is really good. Yes. And like I want to like I want to know more. Yeah. I I agree. I just want more. Uh this is where she sort of like yells out her warning to Obi-Wan and and tells him about Anakin and we see all that heartbreak on his face. Uh and then it cuts to Hayden as Darth Vader without any of his like contraption on. Um and we hear the breathing mm-hmm. and like that's sort of how the second episode ends. Mm-hmm. Uh one thing we didn't touch Leia on Leia and you do get off the planet. Yes, they do get off the planet. Uh, presumably Leia's fine, but we'll we'll yeah. find out. Maybe this is another like Din and baby baby Yoda situation. <laughs> um, 
uh, one thing I did want to talk about that we didn't touch on is the recap very pointedly ends with Yoda telling Obi-Wan he's going to teach him how to connect to his old master. Yes, and there's a cup, there's a moment where Ewan tries to access Qui-Gon yeah. and like fails. So it's clearly something he's been working on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, are we going to see Liam Neeson? Mm-hmm. I think Is we will. It, I, I, yeah, I feel like Qui-Gon's going to show up at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, because he does, he, asks, he, he does it twice, I think. Once when he's in his cave and once when he gets to the planet. Or mm-hmm. is about to leave Tatooine, I don't remember. But he's like, Master, I could really use your guidance right yeah. now. Um, but that is for sure coming. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And one thing I texted you is it actually makes a lot more sense about why Obi-Wan lied to Luke um, in A New Hope when he said Darth Vader killed, you know, murdered your father. Yeah, It actually makes sense because he lived with the, he lived with for so long with the knowledge that Anakin was dead and it was his fault. Mm-hmm. And so like in his head, I think for, in some ways he's thought, you know what I mean? Like, yes, it is a lie and you shouldn't have done it. I'm not saying that, but like, it just, it gives a little more context to that like decision in that moment. Yeah. And I'm wondering because we need, a, I think the Obi-Wan and a new hope sees them as two different people as Anakin yeah. and Darth Vader. And I mm-hmm. think what's going to be interesting is what's what it seems like Ob- like Obi-Wan the series is doing is giving us Obi-Wan Kenobi's acceptance of who Anakin has become mm-hmm. which is ouch mm-hmm. <laughs> like it seems like kind of that's what the show is aiming for mm-hmm. in terms of what the emotional stakes are right like yeah. We know it's Star Wars. Star Wars lives very much in this, like, you know the ending already. And we're going to tell you the story of how we got there. We know the ending already. We need to find out how Obi-Wan goes from you are my brother, Anakin, to a young Jedi named Darth Vader murdered your father, right? Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're going to see in the show. Yep. And like only a master of evil, Darth. You know what I mean? Like it's just, <laughs> yeah. Like how does he go to like ex- that accept that, that like quiet acceptance of what Anakin has become? I know. <laughs> so sad I know. already. <laughs> I know. Like I was just like reflecting and watching this and how many of these characters are tragically dead that we're watching right now. You know what I mean? Like it's just like Star Wars is so depressing. It's so depressing. Like, Obi-Wan, Leia, Bail Organa, you know, like we know how they all die. It's so tragic. <laughs> God. <laughs> but don't worry, we're getting Chopper back. That's all that matters. Yes, yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank God for the droids. <laughs> Legit though. I know. Oh, but we didn't talk about Leia's little droid. Oh, yeah, oh, Lola. Cute droid. I don't remember what it's Yeah, Lola. Was it Lola? Lola, Lola yeah. When Flea smashes her. I was oh, like, I hope you can fix her. Oh, no. But it was also a nice moment to be like, Lola, like, here are the parallels between Leia and Luke, right? Like, they're both kind to droids. Hmm. Yeah, like, because like the the cousin being like, why would you be nice to a droid? She's mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't you? And like, I get it, Clone, like, obviously, the Clone Wars, but. Uh, we do see 3PO. 3PO is mm-hmm. at that party, yes. which was yeah, we did. a nice little like, oh, right. 3PO and R2 are on the ship with Leia yeah. mm-hmm. at the top of 
episode four. So that would mm -hmm. make sense. Makes a lot of sense that they're um, droids she grew up with. Uh, I'm very excited to see where the rest of the show takes us. Me too. Because like we know, like we know we haven't seen Baru yet really. And we know she's no. going to be in the show. So I think there's going to be more Luke stuff. Like I think we're going yeah. to go back to Tatooine. We're going to see Joel Edgerton. I think we're there's going to be there's going to be more, you know, with six episodes? Six, I believe, yeah. Six, okay. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, the release schedule is funny, though, because, so we got two episodes at the top. There's going to be, we're going to be overlapping with Ms. Marvel mm -hmm. for two weeks. Yeah. Two or three weeks. I think that sounds right. Maybe more, actually. I think it's three weeks if Ms. Marvel starts next week. Because that'll be episode three. Mm -hmm. That'll five, be episode four, four, yeah, four yeah. five, and six for Obi-Wan. Okay. Um, oh, wild. Okay. Busy schedule for us. It's going to be great. Uh, yes. Is there anything else? Did Is there anything we forgot? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we're good. Right? I think we're pretty good. Um, I think just ending by being like, so happy to see you in in this role this again. show is so good and a lot of like, people are saying this is kind of the best star wars series to come out of you know all of and i agree i think this is like give deborah chow everything like she's so good she's um, very very good i agree she understands a very deep understanding of like you know this universe and this character and um i don't know she's just really good and the direction was was excellent and uh, like I said, Ewan just like dropped back into this role. Like that Obi-Wan mm -hmm. voice came mm -hmm. right out of him again. And it was so mm -hmm. cathartic mm -hmm. to hear, right? Oh, it was. Very, it was very really excited good. to see where, where they take us. Okay. What are we doing? Okay. What are uh, you what doing? Are you? I'm obviously doing my show, which I talked about already. I'm still doing my Wired column. I'm still on TikTok and Patreon if you want to support those science videos. Uh, and um, I'm working on my book, my 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 nonfiction stargazing Yay. and mindfulness book that comes out next year. Uh, and when that is available for pre-order, we, we will, will of course let you know. Absolutely, tell everybody. Um, I am still doing Tarval and her bust with uh, Jen Northington, where we are rereading the Wheel of Time. We are currently on the Fires of Heaven. Um, and also still doing my Spider-Man Social Dilemma pre-order campaign. I actually am going to be working with uh, my local indie here, Little Shop of Stories, to get signed books out. So if you want a signed book, you can pre-order from, from them. Send me a confirmation and I will mail you a holographic Spider-Man sticker. If you have somewhere else you prefer to buy books – you can buy it from wherever you want. Send me the confirmation and I will send you a signed book plate and a Spider-Man holographic sticker. Um, we'll put the sort of like information in the show notes, but the stickers are really cute. I hope you pre-order the book because it's really fun and I'm really proud of it. Um, I got a blurb. This is not, we have not put this out anywhere yet. I think it's on, it, it's in the metadata somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but G. Willow Wilson blurbs the book. <laughs> she so liked amazing. it a lot. That's so amazing. I'm not surprised. Ooh, she co-created Miss Marvel. Yes, she is. Yes, she's a superstar. It's very the like nicest superstar. Yes, kindest person ever. Uh, and yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. What right, are so what you, are you into? What are you uh, into? I was gonna ask you. You 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 tell me. You tell me. I already know what you're into, but tell me anyway. 
Okay, so I'm listening to The Vampire Lestat by Anne Rice, <laughs> which I, I read Interview with the Vampire in, like, college. Like, mm-hmm. vaguely remember. This book is bananas. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read them? Mm-mm. Nope. It is so decadent and, like, so fantastically absurd. But today I learned that the band Savage Garden got their name from a quote in the Vampire Lestat. Did not know that. Right? I was listening to it, and he goes on this thing about the Savage Garden. And I was like, that kid, no. No. Did you, when you Googled it? I Googled it, and there was like a link. And then I asked on Twitter, and everyone was like, yes, that is where they got their name. Wow. Mind blown. Like, just completely blown out of the water blown. Like, literally this morning, this revelation happened. Uh, and then I am also playing the Batman Arkham Trilogy because okay. it was like $8 in the PlayStation Store for all the games. It's so good. Oh, good. It's, okay. Okay. I'm on the second one, Arkham City now. And it's like a great combination of like puzzles and fighting and it's not too hard. Okay, the first good, one's good. a little bit harder than I liked, but okay. it was fine. Second okay. one is perfect. Okay, good. Like you, I think you would really enjoy it. Yeah, I, they're they're doing that PlayStation. They're doing the weird tier PlayStation Plus conversion subscription system thing starting in June. And I that? basically are, you have PlayStation Plus. Yeah. They're basically putting out a game subscription service that's supposed to be a competitor for Xbox Game Pass, whatever. But it's not really. It's complicated. I haven't really read into it, but I'm hoping they'll put like. Don't give us free access to older games like that. And so I need to like read up on it because it starts like next week or something, two yeah. weeks or something. So anyways, I'm hoping I will be able to play those soon. Yeah. Cause I think you would, the I don't, I feel like you'll like the second one more than the first one. Okay. Like I like the second one more than the first one. The first one was enjoyable, but it was, I, I was frustrated. You're like in the first one, you're just in Arkham Asylum. And so okay. you were limited to oh, the areas okay. of Arkham Asylum. Okay. Which it's big. It's like a whole island. Yes, but, but it's not like you get to like hang out in Gotham. Exactly. So in the second one, you're in Arkham City, which is a part of like in the middle of it's like the super prison city that's in the middle of Gotham because of course. Yeah. Um. So you get to like swing around rooftop. It's very Spider Man, honestly. Yeah. Like It's very mm-hmm. very Spider Man. Um. Pre dating. Yes, Spider-Man obviously. Yeah. Game, of course. But it's really fun, and you get to play as like Catwoman, and like it's it's enjoyable. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Um, I am watching The Silent Sea on Netflix, which is a it's a Korean sci-fi oh. kind of thriller, um, and it has uh, subtitles, or you can dub. You can it has a dub and subtitles, so you can pick how you watch it. But it's basically um, we're, we're like it's like a world in a future where basically water fresh water's running out and um, the government sends a bunch of astronauts and scientists to Balhai lunar station which is their moon station to um, to retrieve these like mysterious samples that they don't tell them anything about but it's a military mission so it's like like, it's you know it's not weird that they aren't given any information because mm-hmm. it's military and they're just supposed to do what they're told except for this one scientist um but the lunar station they're supposed to retrieve these samples but the lunar station um uh was abandoned five years earlier after a radiation accident killed everybody on board so they get there and then nothing 
make sense with the story they've been told. And so there's, a, it's like a thriller, a little bit horror, but not like too horror. It is a little bit like, I don't watch it at night. I only watch it like, mm-hmm. or I don't mind watching it at night, but I don't like watch it at night when I'm by myself, um, right. you know, when I'm traveling, but I, I really like it so far. I'm only two episodes in. So it's really good. Um, and that, and then I am, what else am I doing? Oh, Halo. We've kind of started pick pick that back up. We watch the first two episodes and then kind of, forgot about it but it we're on episode like five or six now it's actually gotten really surprisingly good um it's really good actually um like not just like oh it's fine like i'm enjoying it and so i think there's like we have like three episodes left of that and that's it's on paramount paramount Plus, right yep um we didn't i still have only seen the first episode uh but i don't know if we i know we talked about you seeing strange new worlds Mm-hmm. when you went to the premiere but i did mm-hmm. finally i watched the first episode and i really really dug it it's it really really good. fun it's um, really fun it's very very just like return to kind of the old yeah. episodic star trek but very good like people keep crediting that for how good it is and i think that underplays how good the characters are mm-hmm. how good the actors are yes. they're so good like melissa navia chrissy chong and celia rose gooding are that that like that those three and then like chapel uh who is uh God, I, um, and then um, number one, Rebecca Romaine. I forget what name of who's playing Chapel. Um, but they're so good. Yeah, it's it's very very enjoyable. Um, I think we both would recommend that you check out. Yes. Paramount Plus made me think of it. Yes. Uh, okay, I think that's it, right? Yeah. So. so we are part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network. You can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. And a thank you to our patrons over at Patreon, to Meredith and Rita at the $12 level, and Amber, Jordan, Annie, Brandy, Claire, Brian, Robert, Chris, the Knott family, Bria, Geisha, Ruth, and Gavita at the $5 level. Uh, and you can head over to Patreon if you are interested, patreon.com slash girls. And um, until our next episode, which I'm guessing will be... Um, after the second episode, well, we might do another Obi-Wan episode in between. So actually, I don't know. I don't know when it'll be. It'll be soon. It'll be soon. Early June. It'll be Ms. Marvel for sure. And then maybe another, like, I think, I think after two more episodes of Obi-Wan, we'll definitely do another episode. So I don't know what the math looks like on that because I don't have, I don't don't understand calendars and I don't know. I don't know what the release dates are, but so probably we'll either do two separate episodes or like one giant episode. One giant long, <laughs> four hours of Daisy yep. Geek Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Daisy Geek Girls. I am on all of the socials at Run with Skizzers, S K I Z Z E R S. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at S Krishna, TikTok at Swamna underscore Krishna. Uh, and until next time. We will see you you in hell. hell.